Hello, and welcome to We Understood That Reference, a new podcast all about superhero movies and related bits of pop culture. We're talking Marvel Cinematic Universe, Batman Forever, Darkwing Duck, and maybe even Quail Man if you're lucky. I'm Claiborne. And I'm Nikhil. So this is the first episode of We Understood That Reference, and you're probably thinking, do we really need another podcast about superhero stuff? Probably not. This podcast is inevitable. <laughs> yeah, well, it's certainly not Iron Man. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think I think this will be a good podcast, though, for more mainstream fans, maybe. Like, we're not super nerds about it. Uh, maybe, like, you know, nerd adjacent or something. Oh, totally. And doesn't everyone love to be nerd adjacent? <laughs> casual, but maybe not too casual. Uh-huh. You can watch it, uh, listen to us in your pajamas if you want. Yeah, so basically, like you and I, we would always go to watch a lot of these um, superhero movies when they'd come out, pretty much all mm-hmm. the Marvel movies, even the DC movies, even though that was mostly torture. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, then we would watch them and talk about them. Uh, the latest one, though, we weren't able to watch because of the whole coronavirus stuff. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, Black Widow got pushed back from when was it may beginning may, of may may 1st it would have been may 1st yeah so we had a we had to cancel our date mm-hmm. <laughs> and then so when when will we get a chance to watch black widow so currently it's slated for uh november 6th 2020 that's a long time from now still it is it took the uh, the eternals date and the eternals got bumped to february Oh, so so everything's moving back. Everything moved. Yep, everything moved back one. Yeah, and and that's and slow. that's if it can actually go go forward at that date or not. That's we true. We won't really know. Have to play that's it by true. ear, I guess. Which you know, Grace and I were really looking forward to Mulan, and <laughs> I think that was supposed to come out like in mid March or late yeah. March or something. Right. Which is right when this stuff hit New York, and. Um, you know, the, all that got canceled, movie theater shut down, Mulan's been rescheduled for, I think, July, mm-hmm. maybe it's been changed since, but uh, even if it come right. in, comes back up in July, I don't think we would go watch it in theaters. <laughs> right, yeah, currently slated for July 24th. Yeah, yeah, and I, obviously that's that's not a superhero movie, I guess, so maybe it doesn't count, although, I don't know, defeating the whole Hun army single-handedly, mm-hmm. she's kind of a superhero. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. Are there have there been other superhero movies delayed other than oh, just yeah. you know pushing everything back? Was there anything else that we missed in the month of May or that we are gonna miss? Um, yeah. Out? Oh, there's a ton. Uh, New Mutants was supposed to come out in April. That's been moved to the last week of August. Um, and you have Wonder Woman, who is currently in it, got moved from um, mid June to mid August, and we're gonna find out pretty soon if that August date actually sticks or not. All right. So Wonder Woman, that's one that I kind of forgot about because of the whole mm-hmm. DC stuff. But but Wonder Woman's actually, you know, pretty good part of the DC movie. Probably the only good part of it, right? Oh, I agree. Yeah, definitely the uh, the shining uh, gem in that crown. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. I was also looking forward to Black Widow, even though, like, I don't really know much about Black Widow. I guess she's, which is it's, it's kind of a shame because I think She's been in it since pretty much the beginning of the MCU, right? She has. Uh, so she, her first on-screen appearance was in 2010 in Iron Man 2, hmm. which is very fitting because in her, um, that was that was her first uh, comic book appearance as well uh, as an Iron Man villain. So in Iron Man 2, I don't I don't really remember was she, was she sort of a villain? Um, she was kind of the the triple agent. Uh, she yeah. was working for Shield and working for for Tony Stark, 
um, but he didn't know. And uh, there was a lot of fun with that, um, her playing like the double agent, him, okay. him not really knowing who she is. So it was supposed to be kind of ambiguous, I guess. Mm -hmm. Early yeah. on, you don't know if Black Widow can be trusted or not. Right. But certainly now, obviously, with where everything's gone, she's definitely part of the Avengers. She's one of the good guys. Mm -hmm. heart, heart and soul of the team. And was that always the case, you know, in, in the comics? And just, I guess, with Black Widow in general, was she always for sure the good guy? Or has she been kind of more of a gray character? Um, she's been a gray character for a little while, but um, she joined the, the Avengers team in uh, Avengers 29, uh, number 29. So pretty early on, um, she started off as an Iron Man villain uh, and then slowly kind of defected to be um, an antihero and finally... Once you join the Avengers, a full-on good guy. But uh, it's interesting. Like when she when she first started, her look was completely different. She looked almost like Batgirl with um, uh, like with a head mask, and um, her look was complete uh, and, and a tiny cape. Her look was completely different. But once um, uh, she actually made an appearance in uh, the Amazing Spider-Man um, number eighty-six. So John Romita Senior actually had a lot of lot to do with her uh, visual remake. And he gave her the look that you actually see in the com in the movies right now. Yeah, that's interesting because like she doesn't really have, I, I would say, like a, a very distinguished look. Like you wouldn't, like if you were to dress up as Black Widow for <laughs> Halloween, I mean, you'd probably get laughed at. But <laughs> but if somebody were to dress up as Black Widow, uh -huh. um, maybe that's more suited to that role. Uh, other than just like what wearing tight black clothing, uh -huh. is there anything iconic ab about her? Yeah, I guess I guess not too much. Uh, just kind of the black jumpsuit, the, the belt with the circles on it. Um, yeah. that's which to me always it. seemed very much. And again, like I just have the more the MCU history behind <laughs> it, but it always felt very, uh, very Shield like. Like you yeah, know, she's always seemed like a character that wasn't so much a superhero, but more of a, like a Phil Coulson type. You know, she was a she was a company man more or less. Uh, yeah. In this case, obviously more of an agent in the field um, versus Phil, who was more of a uh handler in a way i guess but um mm -hmm. you know she, she struck me as that kind of type in the show and then her uniform or her outfit uh kind of goes along that line too where she's not uh you know she's not iron man she's not flying around with a cape or anything kind of unique mm -hmm. to her she's right. just sort of dressed in your standard uh secret agent uh issued garments oh 100 yeah like one of the uh one of the team, like one of the, uh, like a member of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, interchangeable, except that she's um, like their top agent and one of the cream of the crop. Yeah. And, and so are you, are you surprised at all by um, how integral Black Widow has been in the MCU? Um, I think so. Yeah, a little bit. I kind of feel like in the, the first Avengers movie, her and, and Hawkeye were just kind of thrown in there because they had a really easy backstory and recent, real easy to explain who they were and um, didn't need a lot of you know character development to really understand who these people were. And you can kind of flesh out the team from four characters to six really quickly. Yeah, and even him, it kind of goes back to that, you know, just being a uh, a, a regular agent kind of thing you know like hawkeye not a superhero doesn't have any superpowers um but he you know has a bow and so and he's good at it uh so he's sort of like a almost like a shield addition to he's like a support team for the real superheroes in a way and that's sort of how black widow i think was positioned as well but between the two of them it feels like black widow sort of 
elevated herself somehow. And I'm not really sure, like, you know, what, mm-hmm. what was responsible for that? Was it, you know, was it maybe Scarlett Johansson and just the way they created that character? It was just worked really well and was popular and therefore got elevated. Um, I think even, you know, in, what was it, uh, in-game or something, she was, mm-hmm. she was like promoted to basically like head of the Avengers or what was left of them, right? She was like heading up uh, that, uh, I mean, I guess it was kind of in ruins at that time, but with everybody snapped mm-hmm. out of existence, but she seemed to have a, a very lead role sort of taking over for um, Nick Fury in a way, it seemed like. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Whereas like, you know, I couldn't imagine that happening for Hawkeye. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, she kind of had those leadership qualities that um, that were really very much needed at that moment. Um, and like so, does she, that ever happen, like in the comics? Do you know? Is it is she ever that big of a deal in this world, or is it more the MCU has elevated her character? Uh, the MCU has definitely elevated her character. I think that she's more of a household name now than than she ever was before she made her MCU debut. And I think that a lot's been made of like. The Avengers are her family, and like that's her um, that's her life going forward. Like first she was with the KGB, then she was with Shield, and after both of those things collapsed, she found uh, the Avengers. And and Endgame kind of had that um, similar symmetry where it's like the Avengers have kind of collapsed, but she's kind of still hanging on to it. Yeah, so she's she's kind of codependent, is what you're saying. She's mm-hmm. a, a, a prime target for cults. <laughs> yes yeah absolutely <laughs> you know one thing about black widow obviously is that she's one of the only female characters um certainly early on of mm-hmm. uh, one of the only female characters in the mcu i guess now you know there's there's also what the scarlet scarlet witch yep. uh and um captain marvel of captain course marvel. yep uh are there any other female members of the avengers um i guess gamora is kind of a, a, um, a popular character um, yeah. Who else? Um, uh, you have Maria Hill uh, of Shield. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And... So really, like those two, probably I I forget her name, Maria Hill. I call her Colby <laughs> Smothers or uh, <laughs> yeah. Smulders, Smulders uh, or Smothers. I always say uh, Smothers. Smulders. I think it's Smulders. It's Smulders. Um, yeah. So her, she and Colby, they were really um, there from the beginning or from very early on, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so does it does it seem a little? Um, I don't know, a little disappointing that Captain Marvel comes along and is the first one to really get the, <laughs> you know, the female lead standalone movie. Yeah. Whereas Black Widow had been waiting in the wings for some time and really was probably des- more deserving of that uh, uh-huh. spot. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You got to feel bad for, for Black Widow in a way. She waits 10 years, exactly 10 years to the day for her movie, and then it gets delayed because of coronavirus. Yeah. And of course, you know, Captain Marvel got a lot of backlash from like uh you know kind of sexist men's right people um attacking that actress what's her name Mm -hmm. Brie Larson Brie Larson yeah she got attacked quite a bit online over Mm -hmm. that whole thing and you know people just I guess upset that there's you know a female female lead more than anything I guess a a female-led movie but you do kind of wonder like you know Black Widow certainly deserved that um standalone film and it did take a while to get there I wonder why that took so long considering you know it's played by scarlett johansson who has been uh, a a really well-known and popular actress for some time uh and yet it's taken 10 years for them to to create that movie well actually there was a lot of uh uh, drama going on behind the scenes at marvel um with a guy named uh, uh, ike perlmutter 
who was the head of Marvel uh, up until 2015. And so he was like dead set against it. Like it's it... all right. I, I think I heard about this. This so it was like basically he was just kind of had like a no women policy. Yeah, yeah. So he's the reason that like um, Captain Marvel now never got made. Black Panther never got made. Uh, Black Widow never got made. And then when um, Avengers: Age of Ultron, quote unquote, underperformed its opening weekend, um, Kevin Feige used that as like a, a like a wedge to to kind of kick out Egg Perlmutter. And, and that, so after that, he reported to Ellen Horn, which is who is the uh, head of Walt Disney Studios. So he kind of you know used that um, slight bump in the road to cut out Ike Perlmutter. And that's why you see phase three of, of the MCU, phase four and beyond being much more, uh, much more diverse. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Not just, not just obviously for like the, um, you know, cultural benefits and just inclusion, but it seems like, you know, the stories have improved because of that, you know, you get a lot more interesting takes on things and being able to go in a lot, a lot more direction with it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, a lot more like artistic freedom with um, with movies like Thor Ragnarok, where um, you see uh, like Taika Watini's like creative voice in the movie, in every frame of the movie. And it's like uh, it fits within the MCU, but it's also um, yeah. very. Unique. Yeah, I think I think he's definitely my favorite addition to the MCU. Like if anything mm-hmm. made the MCU better uh, than it you know would have could have been uh taika and he's just that i mean he he resurrected thor thor was definitely like my least favorite (laughs) avenger character i mean unless we're going to include hawkeye i guess but in terms of like their own movies and the franchises on their own like iron man is great uh hulk i i enjoy hulk um you know but thor in his own movies was just so they were so dull and and dry and then and then ragnarok comes over which really didn't you know didn't really feel like a thor movie at all Mm -hmm. um but but was great and so i'm looking forward to the next the next one there as well yeah the only character to get a fourth movie oh yeah um i guess you have to be a god (laughs) yeah and there will be another captain marvel there will be another captain marvel in uh as of right now july 2022 is when that's coming yeah but no no scarlet witch movie just that no off well, we are, tv show thing we are, yep we are getting a disney plus series um supposedly at the end of this year it's it was supposed to come out december 2020 um but we'll see what happens with that and uh, everything is kind of depending on when things can go back to shooting so one one interesting piece of intel is that uh black widow obviously and uh the eternals have both completed um, filming, so we're getting those two at some point um, for sure. Uh, other movies like Shang Chi was in the middle of um, production, so who knows when that'll get restarted again. And um, same thing with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is supposed to come out in August, and um, and then the, the One Division, the, the Scarlet Witch show, which was supposed to come out in December. So going back to Black Widow, which I guess we still won't be able to see for several months now uh did you see red sparrow i did i think you and i saw it together oh yeah we did right yes yeah so in a way we sort of already saw the black widow movie kind of right yeah. like <laughs> there were quite a bit of similarities there in terms of the the backstory yeah you're absolutely right we saw the the worst version of uh, black widow 
yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not 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 a great film, I guess. I, I don't know. It was it was fine. It was what you kind of expected to be. Yeah. Not really my cup of tea. I feel like for certain people, it mm -hmm. probably was good. Um, but it was, you know, I, I, a bit too much. I don't know if you've seen Black Swan, but it sort of reminds me of that. Very um, oh, yeah. takes itself maybe too seriously and is mm -hmm. about subject matter that's just a you know not not enjoyable ever <laughs> like there's nowhere no no point in the movie are you supposed to like feel good basically yeah. and um you know so for some people that's fine but uh, it, it it's a struggle to watch a, a film like that yeah who was the lead in that movie i forget now oh uh, jennifer lawrence oh that's right that's right yeah who has kind of disappeared i guess like i, I don't know she was everywhere for a while and then she was she's a yeah. superhero as well and i spoilers um for x-men whatever it was um, oh, yeah. X -Men, um game of thrones lady um oh, what's um, her name sansa stark uh, sophie uh, sophie turner yeah uh, what was her movie uh, uh the phoenix something dark phoenix dark phoenix yeah. yeah she was such a big character in x-men i think because of her celebrity because yeah. Mystique was never that big of a character in, in X-Men before. They cast Jennifer Lawrence and then her star blew up. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll have to do a whole episode on on Mystique and the changes mm -hmm. uh, made there and everything just off of uh, Jennifer Lawrence's oh, yeah. uh, popularity and whoever had played her in the the adult version. Uh, mm -hmm. I forget, not, not, not adult version XXX, but, um, <laughs> you know, adult version, uh, grown-ups, older people. Right. Uh, yeah, Rebecca Romaine. Correct, yes. Stamos? Is she still a Stamos? I don't know. I don't think so. I think she was not a Stamos by the time the first, or maybe after the first movie came out, which was way back okay. in 2000, 20 years ago. So I guess it got, we kind of went on a Red Sparrow tangent, but uh, you know, I brought it up, obviously, because it's it's there's a lot of parallels in terms of uh, Black Widow and the character being, you know, this raised from an early age by basically the KGB and uh, trained to be uh, a super spy, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, with Red Sparrow, I think the idea was that these were women, I guess men as well, who were going to um, go and infiltrate America, right? Like they were going to pose as Americans, oh, um, okay. I think, um, unless I'm getting that confused with the Americans, the TV show, but um, <laughs> even that's another thing. So like, you know, obviously like there's a lot of uh, fictional uh, movies, TV shows about this idea of the KGB creating these super spies from a very young age. Mm -hmm. uh, but do you know if there's any actual historical truth in that? Did the KGB do this kind of thing? Do they have, trained double agents from that they raised from childhood to go and infiltrate whatever the real world version of shield is oh wow that's a really good question i don't know but that would be a really interesting thing to to look into it's one of those things that's just believable enough though you know yeah. you, won't, you won't be surprised yeah i know that the there's there's obviously like the red scare and all the communist panic um that had happened a, a long time ago and i think you know, I remember hearing that they really thought that the, the Russians were doing this, basically like infiltrating, mm -hmm. uh, which was probably getting more into Red Sparrow and the Americans' territory versus Black Widow. But um, I don't know how, you know, accurate the, you know, they might have just been fears, just, you know, unfounded uh, ideas. But uh, who knows? I don't know. The KGB probably, you know, <laughs> were up to a lot of things that were no good. And who knows? They could have raised a, an army of child secret agents oh totally and it's, it's really interesting how much like a cold war like paranoia kind of fed into like the creation 
of like the Marvel Universe in the early 60s, just, you know, looking at it from like a, a cultural and a historical background of, of the early 1960s, the Cold War was going on, the space race was going on, um, and, you know, there were all these new, you know, discoveries in science that kind of, you know, were were totally new and at the time, and uh, you see like a lot of the ideas that came out of that, like the Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah, and the Fantastic Four was probably one of their their biggest, most <laughs> famous properties back then too. And I guess the story is Marvel was um, basically like facing bankruptcy; they weren't doing well, so they sold <laughs> off um, their most beloved characters, like the Fantastic Four, like Spider Man, uh, like <laughs> the X Men. Right. Uh, and then, so now, when they were they, you know, started the MCU and their own movies, they were mm-hmm. sort of left with, um, you know, stuff at the bottom of the barrel, mm-hmm. which right. I guess is, you know, Iron Man, Thor. Thor makes sense to me. I can see Thor not being popular because he's, you know, he's he's a myth, he's a mythical god uh-huh. story. Like that doesn't make sense. Iron Man, on the other hand, to me, it and maybe this is just the bias of, you know, living through the MCU and knowing him through that. But to me, it's 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 hard to imagine a world where like Iron Man be a kind of a second or third tier superhero right Uh, and then obviously i guess black widow was one of those um bottom of the barrel ones as well oh yeah yeah black widow is definitely like a c-level character but i hadn't heard of iron man before the movie came out remember there was that uh animated series in the 90s um and he was kind of like a solid you know b-level i would i would say if you know spider-man x-men batman superman or a-level everyone knows him Captain America, Iron Man are definitely... And so, like, Black Widow was pretty much just, like, plucked out of obscurity here. Like, was she, back in the comic days, was she a fan favorite at all? Were there people before the MCU that would have ever thought of Black Widow? I don't think so, Or was no. she just more just kind of a, a, a trivial side character that appeared throughout it and nobody really thought much of her? Yeah, I think a little bit. I think it was... Um, I think her coming on board was a mixture of, you know, easy backstory and get a female character in there, round out the team, um, add some balance to the team um, in a way that's kind of quick and, and easy to understand. Somehow, I guess it, it worked. It took this character that wasn't too popular or well-known, and, and now you know she's definitely one of the most uh, mm-hmm. important Avenger. And uh, finally, after a long time, getting her own movie, which we will possibly see at some point. Hopefully this year. And then, you know, obviously Endgame. Endgame, she had a very, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess we'll we'll go into spoilers yeah. again. Um, but yeah, her, her role in Endgame was was a pretty big, important one. And she had a, you know, her kind of movie star moment there of getting to sacrifice herself to save mm-hmm. the, the, not just the world, I guess, the whole, the whole universe. Mm-hmm. So that was a pretty big moment. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. I still remember that, that last scene. Uh, it still gives me chills. What about um, any other favorite moments of Black Widow's MCU life? I really liked her in uh, the, the Winter Soldier, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I, I thought that really that movie really gave her a lot of depth, a lot of character development that up until that point we really hadn't seen. You know, in Iron Man two, we kind of got the introduction. Uh, in the Avengers, you know, we saw her as part of the team, and then I feel like um, in the Winter Soldier, we kind of saw this whole other side of her. We saw her operating within shield and we saw her her, her friendship with uh captain america and that really deepened the, the the character a little bit too yeah and which was the one where she started like her relationship with 
the Hulk. Oh yeah, that was in uh, Age of Ultron, so the second Avengers movie. Because that sort of that sort of came out of nowhere, and I I think I guess it helps with uh, the recasting of the Hulk because um, mm-hmm. uh, Mark Ruffalo is a lot more like charming, and the chemistry between the two of them that's right just works as opposed to you know I can imagine her doing that with um, I don't know who who was it, Ed Norton or <laughs> yeah. Ferrigno or <laughs> whoever the the Hulks have been in the past. Uh-huh. All right, Eric Bana. Yeah. Um, so. I think that yeah, it did. It did really feel out of left field when when we saw it in Age of Ultron. But when you rewatch the first Avengers, they did share a lot of scenes, but there was no like romantic chemistry or foreshadowing mm-hmm. going on. But they did. There was a lot of. Um, they did share a lot of scenes, uh, and she was the one chosen to recruit him um, at the beginning of the first Avengers movie. But but back then that was a different actor, right? Uh, no. Um, uh, Mark Ruffalo was in the Avengers in the standalone oh, Hulk movie, The Incredible Hulk. Was that, she in that? Uh, no, actually, no, no one except for William Hurt's character, uh, General Ross. He's he's the only one who, from The Incredible Hulk who's actually made it out of that movie. So um, another uh, character we, we forgot to talk about, we talked about, um, is, is the Wasp. Have, do you know anything about her? Like from Ant Man. Yes. Yeah, she was actually supposed to be uh, a much bigger character in in the Avengers comics than she is in the MCU. And uh, so she was actually one of the, the founding members of the Avengers. Uh, it was actually Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, Ant-Man, and the Wasp were the, the five original members in the first, um, I think maybe four issues. And then they dug up Captain America and then he, he joined the team. And actually, in the original um, screenplay for the Avengers, the Wasp was in there in the first draft. But so I think that uh, Black Widow's role kind of became more prominent because she was the you know sole um, female member of the team. And uh, so was the Wasp intended? Like, was Black Widow intended to entirely replace the Wasp, or were they both supposed to be in the movie, and then the Black Widow character sort of uh, absorbed? the wasps role yeah they were both supposed to be originally in the movie but i think that because well probably going back to the no women rule they were like wait a minute you have two women so they had to cut that down yeah well i think that it's about um the what's his name ike perlmutter looked at everything from what's going to sell action figures um Mm. and so that's that's actually one of the reasons that they decided to go with iron man uh as the the first character out the door they did uh, focus group studies on which um, Avengers character, you know, that they were in active development for, um, yeah. uh, was going to sell the most action figures, and that the answer to that was Iron Man overwhelmingly. So he actually took the lead versus like Captain America taking the lead or um, the Hulk or, or Thor or any of those others. And that suggests that like Black Widow was mm-hmm. thought to sell more action figures than the Wasp that she wouldn't sell action figures at all. There was actually a big scandal in 2015 when Age of Ultron came out and Black Widow action figures were like nowhere to be seen. And people actually took notice and took to social media and um, it got it got some attention, negative attention. Yeah, but in terms of the Wasp then, so she obviously is back in like the MCU now with Ant-Man, I guess, but mm-hmm. had they included her in the past, they wouldn't have really been able to have the whole Ant-Man 
movies go the way they have, right? Because that was sort of the the origin of the Wasp as well. That's true, yeah. And I feel like Ant-Man's gotten a lot of his best storylines kind of already used up. Like Ultron in the comics was his his, uh, Ant-Man's creation. And uh, in the movies, it's Tony Stark and Bruce Banner who create Ultron. Um, yeah. So just just going back to the basics here, then. So Black Widow, mm-hmm. what would her superpowers be? I, I guess she doesn't have supernatural powers, but like Hawkeye can shoot mm-hmm. a bow really good. Mm-hmm. But what what we what would we say are Black Widow's superhero selling points? Oh, good question. Uh, well, I mean, she's a trained assassin, uh, spy. Um, what else? Um, hand-to-hand combat, um, marksmanship, um, and just kind of like, you know, the top of the top, um, like assassin. Yeah, so sort of, sort of everything. She's kind of good at everything that's not supernatural. Mm-hmm. If it's right. regular natural, she's, she's good at it. Right. Which, um, do you think that the MCU has made good use of her skills? Because like, I would think that one of her key skills would be like um, deception uh lying right maybe disguises and that sort of thing that's true. Uh, sort of like i don't know if you ever saw this tv show alias but maybe like a jennifer mm-hmm. garner type of spy where she can go into any situation dress up and 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 you know fake her way through anything right um and i think early on i remember a scene where she was like you know strapped to a chair and undergoing mm-hmm. interrogation or something yep. so she had that resisting of interrogation and then obviously she like breaks out and everything that's um so that sort of time we got to see her but in general it seems like most of the time she's just sort of fighting alongside, you know, Hulk and Iron Man and everyone else. So it's kind of, you know, it doesn't really showcase her combat abilities so much whenever, you know, she's fighting alongside these superheroes uh, with their crazy powers as well. Um, mm-hmm. So we haven't have we really gotten to see her make use of any of her like spy abilities. Yeah, that's true. I think the first three appearances um, like in Iron Man 2, we kind of saw that, like, duplicity of her character and the, um, uh, like, her being kind of a spy and, like, a double agent um, when she was kind of infiltrating um, uh, Stark Industries. And then in, and then that scene you referenced earlier, that was the beginning of uh, the first Avengers movie when she was interrogating that person. She also interrogated Loki and kind of had that same kind of dynamic. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, in The Winter Soldier, we kind of saw, uh, you kind of saw her at, well, at one of the scenes towards the end of the movie, um, you see her in disguise and you kind of see that kind of element that you mentioned. Um, but then I guess after that, you're, you're right. Like in Age of Ultron, um, you know, Infinity War Endgame, she was kind of more, you know, just just another like foot soldier fighting along with with the rest yeah, of them. Yeah, basically just like a a Hawkeye without a <clears throat> without a range weapon. Right. You just need to find a woman who is pathetic, like you. I guess now is a good time for a quick ad break, or it would be if we had any advertisers. We do have a Patreon though. You want to tell the listeners about that? Sure. So it's Patreon.com/slash. W-U-T-R. Pronounced water. Exactly, but it's spelled W-U-T-R. Water. Anyway, people who like our show, they can go to Patreon and support the show. If you donate $3 a month, you'll get a call-out in our end credits. And for $10 a month, you'll get the credits, call-out, and access to our monthly Q&A live streams. 
very cool. And with that support, we can hopefully make the podcast a lot better. The audience has been growing, so we really need to upgrade to some professional equipment. And hire a professional editor. Yeah, definitely. I guess that's it for the ad for now. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash water. W-U-T-R. And support the show if you enjoy listening each week. Now let's get back to whatever we were talking about. Yeah, I'm actually a thing. I'm a being. Yeah, I do think that like it is kind of a disappointment in a way that they've waited so long. Because I, I think Black Widow is a pretty interesting character that they mm-hmm. can do a lot with, particularly to get kind of away from the um, MCU cliches of, you know, like, you just let's get a bunch of people together flying around in the sky and beating robots or <laughs> aliens or whatever it might be. And let's have a big blast of shiny light just, just because we need to spend our visual effects budget and yeah. like to me she's she's a lot more grounded yeah. um a lot more interesting than like hawkeye though so like she's one of those grounded characters it's still interesting uh on her own mm-hmm. and then just given her backstory too with the whole the whole russia thing the double agent there's probably a lot to to play with there that i think that the mcu has sort of missed out on right now because uh you know they haven't had her be uh duplicitous very often like she started off and you didn't know is she good guy bad guy what's going on here who's whose side is she really on they had her you know do some interrogation and that kind of stuff but really she's she's just pretty much uh a thor iron man type at this point where she's her job is just to you know punch robots at the end of the day (laughs) and i think uh kind of like with her being in charge of uh shield or however it was working in charge of the avengers or whatever it was during endgame mm-hmm. i think that was interesting too just to kind of see a little more grounded a little more nick fury type of character where it's you know a real person who's who's just basically a badass oh right that's very true and i, I don't know now like having waited for 10 years uh if they're going to be able to have that same opportunity because you know they obviously got to kind of wrap up the black widow story um and then, you know, Scarlett Johansson's getting older, so I don't know that they could keep prequels going forever. Although mm-hmm. oh, prequels, Black Widow prequels would probably always be interesting to, to watch. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously they have the de-aging technology, but it's kind of, kind of you know, weird looking still. And I don't know that you'd want to mm-hmm. have multiple movies uh, using that. That's true. Uh, so, you know, it's it's a bit unfortunate, although who knows, maybe you could have a spinoff prequel so far back that you don't even need Scarlett Johansson cast uh you know somebody new that looks enough like her mm-hmm. as you know a 12 year old 14 year old whatever it is mm-hmm. just out of training at the KGB going on her first missions uh that right. kind of stuff that would be a good TV show as well maybe I don't I don't know but yeah. I, I think there's a lot of opportunity around Black Widow I just I just wonder if the MCU is sort of already um you know run its course there it's possible like the character is a little familiar at this point you kind of know I mean, she's been in like what, over six movies at least. Um, so she's kind of familiar at this point. You kind of know a lot about her. Um, there have been rumors that uh, uh, Florence Pugh's character, um, who in the trailers I think you saw as her sister, it might take over as a Black Widow, mm-hmm. you know, but um, like, so the actor, the actress might be replaced, but um I think you can't replace Scarlett Johansson, especially in that role. Uh, and this like Black Widow, her name is her name is Natasha something. Yeah, Natasha Romanoff. Or Natasha Romanoff. Any relation to the deposed king or whatever he was, Czar? <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe. <laughs> or just uh, you know, maybe uncreative uh, naming. Back <laughs> in the 50s or whatever it was. Uh-huh. 
Stanley liked to have all of the names be um, like alliterate. So like Peter Parker um, and uh, Bruce Banner, uh, just so it's easy for everyone to remember. Yeah. <laughs> Although Natasha Romanoff doesn't That's really true. fall into that too well. That's true. But I guess, you know, it sets it apart as like a foreign name, maybe. Yeah, right. So how big, how big do you think uh, uh, Black Widow is going to open at the box office? Do you think it can compete with um, some of the other big Marvel movies? Can it um, reach that billion dollar mark? Well, I think the question is really, um, you know, if Black Widow is going to open at the box <laughs> office at this point. Um, right. No, I, I honestly, I, I think it would have been up there not not as big as like you know black panther or the avengers uh in game or right. uh the one before that infinity war mm-hmm. um but I, I i think you know she would have uh, easily outdone some like you know thors yeah. or, or or something or even ant-man probably so mm-hmm. i think uh, as a standalone i think she'd be a pretty strong one but now given you know what had happened with the pushing the release back the release back right uh, who knows like because already anybody who was planning to go watch it on the, on you know may 1st or whatever mm-hmm. they've had to change their plans True. that doesn't mean that, that they won't try to go watch it november or whenever it comes out mm-hmm. uh, but when it does finally come out uh you know there's going to be a considerable number of people who just aren't going to go to the movies these days just because of uh you know what's going on in the world right. so that's gonna that's gonna hurt it and i think the same is true of mulan you know like i was I said i was really looking forward to mulan and you know when it fi- when it does finally come out um you know, it's, it's gonna it's gonna suffer. I think the box office because of that. That's that's true. So sort of like the whole 2020 uh, slate of movies is gonna have to have an asterisk by its yeah by that box office totals. That's true. I think for me, Black Widow will be the first one I go back to the theaters to see. But the interesting thing will be, you know, if it does well, it could be the number one movie of 2020, which would be kind of a nice little. Uh, um, accolade that it could it could have that it may not have been able to achieve if it was a fully competitive year yeah i'm definitely excited about it if we if we uh, get to see it in a month or six months uh, i'll definitely be there opening weekend um this is one i'm looking forward to and i'm excited to that it's finally almost here yeah i'm looking forward to it too i just i don't know that i'm gonna go watch it in theaters just you know i'm gonna probably play it safe and I don't think I'll go into a movie theater until, I don't know, summer of 2021, probably. Oh, wow. So, yeah. but, you know, there's always Disney Plus. <laughs> right. This will be the first one. The first movie back is going to be Black Widow for me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, I don't know if there would be any movie that would draw me into a, a movie theater with what's <laughs> going on right now. Just It just doesn't seem worth the risk. And also, you know, watching movies at home is nice. Um, but yeah, it has been a big change not getting to go to watch these blockbusters as they come out. Yeah, yeah, this whole this whole summer movie season's been essentially canceled. We'll see if um, if Tenant makes its release date in mid July. That's kind of the uh, the test right now. If that one makes it, then Wonder yeah. Woman will come out. Uh, Mulan will come out. Because I think Mulan's supposed to come out one week after Tenant. So we'll see if if theaters can come back by like mid July. They're saying that. Um, the studios are saying that they want uh, New York, um, New York, LA, San Francisco, and maybe Atlanta to be operational. Like if if, if they have eighty percent capacity, uh, or eighty percent of the screens are open to the public, then they'll release their big budget movies. Otherwise, um, you reach a point where it's not really cost effective. 
But yeah. the, the other thing is that if you have to social distance yourself in a movie theater uh, and there's only like two movies playing, it could be playing on every screen. So like normally a movie will play to like 3,500 screens uh, nationwide or 4,000 4, screens nationwide. So like when Tenant comes out, you might see it being at like 8,000 screens, which would blow away the uh, the record because it would be at a multiplex and it would be on like every screen, even though yeah. each theater is at less capacity. Yeah. But of course, you know, everything's always subject to change as well, just seeing how things are going. But I guess, you know, until we can actually go to the theater and watch this, we can still uh, do these podcasts at least. That's true. Uh, from the comfort of our home, comfort and safety of our own homes. Uh-huh. Uh, although if, you know, obviously if we don't get some more movies coming out soon, we probably will run out of things to talk about. <laughs> so for the next episode, my idea was uh, let's talk a little bit about maybe some casual MCU viewing and some of like pitfalls there. Yeah. Um, just knowing that like there's probably a lot of people who watch the MCU who don't know anything about comics, mm-hmm. who maybe haven't even seen every MCU movie and don't even know, oh, yeah. you know if they've been watching them in the right order, for instance. Oh, so I thought it'd be interesting to just kind of talk about um, you know what some of the problems might be with uh, that kind of casual viewing, what uh, what people need to know uh, if they are casually viewing this. Uh, mm-hmm. Just you know, an interesting topic there, I think. That would be very cool. I'm looking forward to that. And then hopefully several more episodes to come. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, bright future ahead. Yeah, bright future for we understood that reference. <laughs> and hopefully some people out there understood that reference. Well, look at that. You made it to the end of this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or whatever you listen to podcasts on. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook at WUTR Podcast. If you like the show and want to support it, check out our Patreon at patreon.com WUTR. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for more superhero stuff.